0: Hi there, this is the Rev. Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. It's referred to as the Great Commission, and it is our shared mission as the Church. We are each and all sent by Jesus as His disciples to go forth on an uncertain journey to be His witnesses even to the ends of the earth. And it's a mission that's been filled with challenges for every generation, most especially our own. But the good news is that we go forth on that journey with a truly Holy Spirit for whatever happens next along the way. That's the subject of today's message, which is based on the story of Jesus' ascension from Acts chapter 1 and is entitled, The People of Whatever Happens Next. Well, friends, to begin with, this story we just shared uh, about Jesus' ascension into heaven represents the last gathering of Jesus with his disciples, and it marks the end of a long and remarkable journey from the shores of Galilee where this disparate group of fishermen and tax collectors and societal outcasts first heard the call of Jesus, through the agonies of the cross to the empty tomb and beyond. Indeed, we are told in our text this morning that in the 40 days that had just passed, Jesus had presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them and speaking to them about the kingdom of God. But as we pick up the reading today, that's all coming to an end. And now as they were together for the last time, Jesus is giving these disciples some last-minute instructions for the way ahead. On no account, he says, should you leave Jerusalem, but instead you must wait for what the Father has promised, the promise you heard from me. Soon and very soon, you see, you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. You know, actually, as I read that passage Truth be told, it all kind of has, for me at least, the look and feel of, of some of these makeshift graduation ceremonies we've been watching online during this time of quarantine. Uh, an event that brings some sense of closure to this situation with some last-minute and much-needed words of advice, but but lacking the full measure of pomp and circumstance, shall we say. What's interesting in this case, however is that there's also, in Jesus' words, this baffling and rather disconcerting reference to a mysterious future that's just about to unfold. (laughs) But even as I say that, I realize that's also kind of part and parcel of of a typical graduation ceremony. I remember at at my seminary graduation, our seminary president at the time, the Reverend Dr. Wayne Glick, stood up at the podium and informed us in his rich appellation drawl. You people think you have learned all you need to know here in seminary? Well, I'm here to tell you that your learning has just begun. And I can remember our reaction to this was, What? You mean to say that our full three years of engaging in intense biblical study, all this wrestling we've done with theological conundrums, both old and new, to say nothing of all the on-the-job training that we faced as student pastors wasn't going to be enough for us? Ah, to employ the language of the Old Testament, But you see, that's the nature of these kind of moments, isn't it? You've reached this this very important place in life's journey when everything comes into focus. And yet, even in that focus, there's often an uncertainty about it that is unsettling at the least and, and sometimes even terrifying. Well, so it is for the disciples, especially after they ask Jesus straight out, Lord, is this the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? That was the ongoing hope. That was the goal in their minds. That was the end game. But Jesus answers them, It's not for you to know. It's not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. Now, can you even imagine what the disciples were thinking at this point? Come on, Jesus. We've, we've come all this way. We've experienced so much. We have learned everything you've tried to teach us. It's to the point where the kingdom now is in our very grasp. And now you're not even going to tell us when it's going to happen? Nope. As the message translates it, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. Oy Indeed. Now, this was obviously not the answer they were looking for. They'd figured that now that the resurrection had happened, everything else, for the world and for them, would most certainly fall into place. But now they're finding out that the way ahead is just about as uncertain as it had been before. And the kingdom? Well, the kingdom will come when the kingdom will come. And that's all you really get to know right now. But there is this. Jesus goes on to say, even though you don't get to know what happens next, what you'll get is the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Power and witness. Power. In the Greek, dunamis, which is where we get our word dynamic, dynamo, or even dynamite. Witnesses from the Greek word marturos, which is where we get the word martyr, interestingly enough. So, in other words, friends, what Jesus is saying to them, and this, by the way, is the very last thing that Jesus says to them, is that the way ahead for you disciples is still going to be uncertain, but... The Holy Spirit, which God has promised to give you and will come to you very soon, will provide you with the power, the dynamic, if you will, to keep on being my witnesses, even when the way ahead proves to be very difficult. And moreover, it will help you to do it with a clear sense of purpose and with joy. You're being called here to go all in to live wholly and completely unto your faith, bearing witness to God's enduring presence wherever you are and in whatever comes. What happens next? In many ways, says Jesus, you are the people of what happens next. And as Luke's story here continues, at that very moment, Jesus ascended into heaven. As they were watching, Luke writes in Acts, "He was lifted up in a cloud, took them out of their sight, just like that. It's no wonder that apparently the disciples spent a long time staring up into an empty sky. It's also no wonder that it took two men in white robes to stir them out of their reverie, saying, "Why do you stand there looking up towards heaven?" This Jesus, who was just taken from among you to heaven, will come as certainly and as mysteriously as he left. You see, the message was clear. The time for standing around was over. There would be a time when Jesus would return. For now, the next part of their journey, this immense, mysterious, seemingly improbable journey, was just getting started. I love what Barbara Brown Taylor has written about this. In a book of hers entitled Gospel Medicine, she writes that that no one standing around watching them that day could have ever guessed what an astounding thing happened when they all stopped looking into the sky and looked at each other instead. But in the days and years to come, it would become very apparent that with nothing but a promise and a prayer, those 11 people consented to become the church And because of that, nothing was ever the same again, beginning with them. The followers became leaders. The listeners became preachers. The the converts became missionaries. The the healed became healers. The disciples became apostles. Witnesses of, of the risen Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. And surprising, miraculous, wonderful things began to happen. In other words, they became the church. They were formed into the gathered community of people bound by a common mission and a shared calling to witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it began in those times and situations where perhaps only two or more were gathered, quite literally. But then maybe it was news that could be shared throughout Jerusalem. And then to Judea, then Samaria, and then who knows? Maybe even to the ends of the earth. It was a mission that started small, but grew. And it was a mission that has endured throughout the centuries. And it is the very same calling that is extended and continues in you and in me today most especially today. That's right, folks. Lest we forget in these strange and uncertain days we're currently living through, this story of Jesus' ascension into heaven, this tale of an ongoing mission and of a time that that exists between the now of the world as we currently know it and the not yet of the world, that is at his promise it will someday be, Friends, this is our story as much as it it was theirs. As Jesus' disciples, and as the church of this generation, we are the people of what happens next. We are the people of whatever happens next. In every generation, you see, the question's always been the same. What is the church truly being the church of Jesus Christ? Now, how that question gets answered, the way that faith gets expressed and acted upon, well, that grows and changes and adapts over the course of of all those generations, and and it keeps up with ever-changing times and new challenges, including the one we're facing right now in this age of pandemic. I tell you what, there's hardly been a day that has gone by as of late especially this past week when we haven't wondered aloud how we are supposed to actually be the church when we can't even come together for worship in a sanctuary i mean under all these limitations we're under how is it that we can be considered ever in any way shape or form essential well here's the thing ultimately Whatever our current situation or ongoing challenge, the answer to that question, how do we be the church, never changes. Friends, we are ever and always the church when we are living wholly and completely as witnesses of the risen Christ. In other words, beloved, sanctuaries or no, we are essential we are essential when we speak boldly of the truth of jesus teachings by our words if necessary but much more importantly by our example when we speak boldly of that truth unto people and into unto a world that is hurting profusely and is desperate for hope for love for a peace the world can't provide we are essential when we make the commitment to be not passive about an uncertain future or by allowing ourselves to become somehow diminished by not being able to do many of the things we're used to doing as a church. We are essential when we let the power of God's own Holy Spirit become our very dynamic as persons and as a people so that we might truly be part and parcel of whatever happens next in this world. To do so for the sake of God's kingdom within us and all around us, starting right here from Concord, New Hampshire, and beyond, to the ends of the earth, even if that happens to be by way of Facebook Live. At the end of the day, you see, the measure of being an effective witness can never be totaled by the size or the scope of the effort, but rather by its sincerity and the depths of its love. But it all starts, you see, right here, right now. It happens, it begins, it flourishes in the very places where we are quarantined. Beloved, each and every one of us are called to be witnesses to the risen Christ, to serve as living testimony to the kingdom of God, taking root and flourishing in our midst. Maybe it'll come forth in the many and creative ways we're caring for one another right now as families and as friends. Maybe it's found through the encouraging word that's been shared in a phone call, a card or a letter, a FaceTime chat, or a Zoom session. Could be it's being shown in the small but powerful ways we Seek to reach out to others with goodie bags and other not-so-random acts of kindness. Or maybe it's simply our living as an example of the ways that patience and quiet strength and good humor and grace under pandemic shows forth our deep and abiding faith in God's love and providence. Whatever it is, however it's manifest, friends, ultimately it serves to proclaim both our allegiance to Christ and what it is for the sake of our faith we intend for one another, for our families and friends, for our community, and for our world. And so by the grace of God in Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit working within us, let's be bold in our witness, most especially in these continuing days of challenge. And let that good news of the coming kingdom of God be heard and seen in each one of us. May God in Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, bless our witness. And may our thanks for all things be unto God. Amen and amen. and that's the message entitled the people of whatever happens next and it was recorded on may the 24th as part of our current series of online services of worship at east church in concord new hampshire and as the current covid 19 crisis continues so do the online services and we'd like to invite you to share them with us we come together via facebook live every sunday morning at 10 o'clock on our east church facebook page and we have some music, prayer, and a message for the day as we're together. These services have truly been the next best thing to being there these days, and they've kept us together in the spirit of prayer and fellowship, which has meant a whole lot to us, and we'd love to have you be a part of it. And so with that, we're at the end of this episode of Love to Tell the Story this is Michael Lowry. I do thank you for listening today. I thank you for your continued support of this podcast, especially through these days of quarantine. So until next time, stay healthy, stay home, keep up that social distancing, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.